0: My name is Michelle, and I am the host here of The Language Lounge, and today I am very happy to have Diego Ojeda here with me, and we're going to talk about Hispanic Heritage Month. And one of the things that I really liked that stuck with me, I don't know if I read it in a blog post or if you put it on Twitter or where I saw that, but I remember you saying that we have one month and we can get it really right or we can get it really wrong, and I thought. Wow, that says a lot. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about, right? And, and how we can get this right as Spanish teachers, world language educators, people that care about the language and the people that speak it, and how sometimes we might go do it wrong, even though we're not intending that, right? So I'm so excited to have you here. Before we start, there might be people that do not know you. Um, so if you want to just kind of introduce yourself, tell me, you know, tell me in the audience a little bit about what you do and who you are. I'd love
1: that. Thank you so much, Michelle. And I'm so very happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, I love the podcast and uh, I watch, you know, (laughs) the different interviews that you do. So when you contacted me, I got very excited. So thank you so much. (laughs) Michelle, I'm a, I'm a Spanish teacher uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. And this year I teach Spanish for Uh, Two sections, and I teach AP language, one section, large section, and an AP literature in Spanish or AP Spanish literature and culture, uh, one section as well. And this is all in Louisville, Kentucky, and I teach for an independent school.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with Hispanic Heritage Month? Like what was the I know you have a story to tell about the first time you kind of heard about Hispanic Heritage Month, right?
1: Sure. Yeah, of course. The first thing is that I have to agree with you in the fact that we have a month to celebrate the Hispanic Heritage Month and we either do it right or we do it really bad. Uh, when you think about National French Week, it's just a week. So in that week, they have different activities and everyone is excited. And, you know, there, it causes a great impression on, on on students at school because every day there's something new. Hispanic Heritage Month drags a little bit. And, uh, you know, we cannot be having parties or fiestas every day. To keep everyone happy but then that is the point you know do we celebrate these things to keep our students happy and make a fiesta uh, or do we celebrate this month because there's a very important reason to celebrate the hispanic uh culture in the united states um Referring to what you were asking me, I I have never felt celebrated as Hispanic in the United States. I'm a Spanish teacher who celebrates Hispanic Heritage Heritage Month every year at school, in my classes, in a Spanish club, at large. But I honestly always feel like outside of that. And that's ironic because I'm Hispanic, I'm the teacher organizing, but I always feel like outside of that. So one of those... So tell me more about that, that.
0: Like, why? Like, why Why is that, do you think? Because I, I think I have some ideas, well, too. Well, but... I
1: think part of it is that because I'm a teacher, it is my responsibility uh-huh. to organize things and uh, make sure that they run well. But also, mm-hmm. eh, now I understand that is my responsibility to help my students understand what this month should mean and what this month should be. So I actually have changed things in the way we celebrate hispanic heritage month uh, at least in my classes that we can talk about this later
0: yes um, for sure. but
1: what i was gonna say is that in one of those blog posts that you refer to i was talking about how ironic it is that we are in the classroom having a fiesta because we're celebrating this month and at that moment there were a crew. There was a crew of uh, Hispanic workers outside, right outside of our classroom, doing something with with the um, landscaping or something like that. And they probably heard the music, you know, they heard, uh, Boya, Reir, Marc Anthony <laughs> here, Shakira over there. And they were kind of like, you know, working and listening, but no one would look at them. No one opened the door, the, the windows, to say, hey, happy Hispanic Heritage Month. And that's quite the irony because then we keep doing that. But I don't think it's the student's fault, of course. I don't think it's the school's fault. I think it's the way we have approached the whole thing as a community at large. And uh, those those are some of the things that I keep thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and I... and. I think one of the things that you touched on someplace too is um, kind of the commercialization of it. Right? right. And how this is a really a product almost focuses on product a lot. And maybe, right. maybe us as Spanish teachers have kind of also done that. We focus on some of the the food or the, you know, some of the physical products and not the people that right. Are you know the the perspectives and, the, and that sort of yeah? Little
1: bit. I, I believe that the first thing that we have to do is to make sure that we share with our students why is this month celebrated? How mm-hmm. come an entire month, not just a day or a week, but a month? So we can share with them what the government in um, I think it was in 1968. Uh, decided to uh, do in order to celebrate the Hispanic culture in the United States. And uh, I actually found a little piece on an official website that reads like this. The day of September 15 is significant because it is the anniversary of independence for Latin American countries, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. In addition, Mexico and Chile celebrate their independence days on September 16 and September 18, respectively. Also, Columbus Day or Día de la Raza, which is October 12, falls within this 30-day period.
0: Okay, that so makes my, they're talking my about Latin
1: America, <laughs> but they are mentioning just a few countries: Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua, and Mexico. Okay. And then they, they, they say Chile as well. They celebrate their independence on September 16. So stretching it a little bit, right? But we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. But the worst part of this paragraph is that it also celebrates Columbus Day. If there's something that Hispanic people do not like to celebrate, is Columbus Day. And we all know why. And I do know also that some cities in the United States are not celebrating Columbus Day. Okay. So to have that as the reason why we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month can be a little confusing for the students. Number one, is Latin America only those countries in Central America? No. If we're talking about Hispanic Heritage, we're talking about South America as well. We're talking about Colombia, Venezuela, Peru, Ecuador, because there is a large population of these groups in the United States. So how can we, you know, help our students understand why is this uh, celebrated? I think it's key to share with them that instead of a celebration, we should be honoring the Hispanic culture because there's a difference between celebration and honoring. When we talk about celebration, and this is from the dictionary as well, it says Mm -hmm. the word celebrate is derived from Latin and means to attend in great numbers. So it kind of like connects with the idea of the large fiesta celebration. The music and the dance and everyone is celebrating. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is okay, but is not the reason why we should, um, you know, take into account a specific uh, group of people like the Hispanics in the United States. Now, what means to honor? To honor means to show respect. So, are we necessarily showing respect when we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month through piñatas? through fiestas, uh, chips, salsa, queso, papel picado. Are we necessarily showing respect to the Hispanic culture? Probably not. And what happens is that we have the Hispanic crew working on landscaping while we celebrate, but there is no connection there. And it's really not uh, something that honors uh, this group. Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely there's a lot a lot there isn't there and how we can celebrate and not yet honor right at the same time in this country
1: Exactly. so So the question is you might ask so how can we honor rather than celebrating okay how can we honor let's think when we honor veterans because we don't use the word we're celebrating veterans right we're honoring veterans so what do we do We think about grandpa, you know, we think about those family connections that we have with people who went to war to defend this country. And we think about them as people, as how much they struggled when they were in Vietnam, when they were in South Korea, and how proud that makes us feel. So... I believe that a way to honor the Hispanic culture in the United States is by humanizing the immigrant, humanizing the Hispanic in the United States, not seeing them as you know, someone who just came or someone who came a few years ago and stayed here, but seeing us as part of the community, as people. So it's, it's not easy because then you have to talk about issues like acceptance, diversity, uh, immigration, race, and empathy. But I do believe that is the real task of the teacher in the classroom. That's teaching something to our students. And it's quite different from just having the celebration with the fiestas and the food.
0: Yeah. and. I I, what, I love what you said about the fiestas, the food, there's, that's fun. And that's great. That's a day. Maybe, <laughs> you know, that is, that is a day when you can celebrate and have a, have a fiesta and, and you know, bring in some of those practices, but what are we doing the other 29 days? Right. Um, and I, I think that's really insightful about that disconnect between, you know, the, the celebration, the products, the practice, the celebrities, because a lot of it, seems to me about the celebrities right the the um minority that make it into a high yeah. status of musicians and you know whatever right. it might be um but not the necessarily the everyday person that's teaching next to you or right. you know um working in the same building with you or it's in talking. the neighborhood with you
1: and it's it's not to say that uh, fiestas are bad or the yeah exactly bad. Or the, no, no, no. Let's do it. We have a month, right? Yeah. But let's, let's help our students here in the United States understand why the Hispanic community is a, an important part of the community in, the, in this country. And then let's do the papel picado, the piñatas and yeah. everything. What I'm saying is that Let's not just focus on that. You talk about, um, you know, how this has become also a commercial kind of like celebration. Uh, You go to Target and you see Mm -hmm. a bunch of like Hispanic uh, inspired products, clothing, um, you know, kind of like these kind of things to carry water. And... uh, I have to confess that I go to Target and I see that and I feel kind of like proud. You know, I feel like, oh, my gosh, they're taking into account. But then how much? Oh, this is 30 bucks. Okay, right. In the end, the goal is to sell. Right. That's the goal. And then we end up selling the the beautiful flags from the Hispanic countries and this and that. And some people feel like they did their chore just by buying this, so they are just celebrating Hispanics by buying those things. Think about, for example, McDonald's. It's the same thing. They have specific food for Hispanic Heritage Month, and they do their commercials on TV. Even the NFL. I was watching the the game uh, this last weekend, and there was a commercial about Hispanic Heritage Month, and they were portraying A couple of uh, football players that were of Hispanic descendant. And um, uh, great, you know, let's celebrate culture. But then you start to think how come these places or these businesses like Target, multimillion dollar business like NFL, if they really want to celebrate the Hispanic culture, why don't they go to communities uh, where there's a large Hispanic population here in the United States like that place where unfortunately happened what happened with that school with this person came and unfortunately killed a lot of kids but those there are many communities like that around the United States and especially those states Uh, why don't they invest in their education why don't invest in their opportunities and then okay then celebrate but no is about just selling or showing off the couple of Hispanic players that we have in the NFL. That's where we just stay in the surface. And as you say, we need to recognize every person as part of the community. Yes, the people who works in agriculture, well, they're putting the food on your table. The people who works in construction, they're giving you roof. The people who works in factory, they're probably allowing Mm -hmm. you to dress well. But not just that, but also professionals, teachers, I'm an example of that. And there are many Hispanic teachers, not only Spanish teachers, Mm -hmm. but Hispanic teachers who teach English, who teach math, science. So let's recognize them, lawyers, engineers, and not just the celebrities, as you said. Because then the message is the opposite. You know, the only valuable Hispanics are those who become celebrities or athletes. And the rest is just them. Mm-hmm. And that is not a good message to our students. So we need to make the, the homework. We need to research, okay, who are the Hispanics that right now are doing uh, many things for the, the country? the the, large community. And one way to find out about that is like by watching uh, TV like Univision or Mm -hmm. Telemundo, which are TV uh, networks that air from the United States, and they are based in the United States. Uh, They are just telling the news and everything that happens in Spanish. But chances are that they can present these people who are doing great things in the country. And those are the ones that we need to present to our students. Sometimes um, we talk so much about Frida Kahlo that it becomes quite the stereotype. And and sometimes for some students, they mock the fact that she has the uni bra and those things. And the message is not really well taken. And it becomes... uh, just just fashion, you know, we're mm-hmm. going to wear something with Frida uh, prints or whatever. It's just fashion. Very few people knows about Diego Rivera and about what he did, you know, for uh, as a painter, that he has many of his paintings here in the United States, uh, even though it was part of the life of Frida Kahlo. So we need to really try to extend, you know, that information that we are sharing with, with our students. It's the only way they're going to feel that people are part of their community. Otherwise, celebrities and those who came recently to work in those jobs are going to be just outsiders.
0: Mm-hmm. So what are some some things that you've done with your students or that are some ideas that you have that can help teachers? kind of expand beyond just right. the, the party, the celebration, and, and get right. into some of those more deeper relationships of honoring um,
1: right.
0: the Hispanic culture and the people in Yeah,
1: it. so I, I do, as an immigrant, I understood that I had to share my own experience um, to tell them uh, the good things, but also the not-so-good things, to let them know That when I came to this country, I was the only minority teacher at that school district where I was working. And that one day um, there was a parent who asked me, why why are you teaching? And I just recently came from Colombia. It was probably my fourth month in the country. And I said, because I went to school to, to be a teacher. And he said, well, you should be cleaning bathrooms or you should be working at McDonald's because that's what Hispanics do in my country. But I was yeah. I was kind of like, not naive, but I wasn't informed about race struggle in the United States at that point, mm-hmm. that it just went over my head. And I repeated, no, I, I started to become a teacher with a smile. Right. And that was probably the worst answer for that person because he got all <laughs> red and didn't say anything else. Now, if someone after 23 years of living in the United States will say something like that to me, I will probably- Watch out. <laughs> in a very different way, see? Yeah. So um, I share with my students experiences as uh, the moment I start talking about immigration in my classes, suddenly I was accused to, uh, I always forget, is brainwash or wash brain?
0: Brainwash. <laughs> brainwash. Brainwash
1: my students' uh, ideas, you know, that I was supporting illegal immigration and I was trying to find people who will support that as well. And that took me to the district's administrators and I had to explain that we were just informing the students of the reality that is happening. So, those were kind of like the bad things, but also the good things, you know, to get to really to get to know the the, the American people. My wife is uh, from Wisconsin and her mm. whole family is from Wisconsin. And um, I, I probably had stereotypes about what an American family uh, looked like. But then I, I started really learning about how nice people are and can be and not that not everyone thinks the same way. So my recommendation is, okay, I'm an immigrant, but if you're not an immigrant and you're still a Spanish teacher, let's say you're not a native speaker of the language, you just love Spanish, then share with them, why do you love Spanish? Chances are that you know people that you love, yeah. that made you love the culture, or maybe you went and live for two, three years in a Hispanic country, share those things because that's what's gonna make it real and especially human to the students share the experiences okay not just make them research about antonia novello gloria stefan cesar chavez and then present the project that is not good for the purpose and the you know the ideas that we have for this month Mm -hmm. so it is very important to humanize, again, uh, the Hispanics in the United States. And one, one way that I do, do do this is by sharing my poetry with them, Michelle.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, as you, you as I mentioned before. You a beautiful poem,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: I have a, a little book called Nostalgia Migrante. So it, it's, it's all about my, my experience as a, an immigrant, but also other people's experiences as immigrants so i came one way other people came in a different way uh if i compare the way i came to other people i I came in a very comfy way in an airplane to this country (laughs) where it's not the same story for everyone so every day during hispanic heritage month i read a poem to them and we talk about the poem and They can make the connection, obviously, because the person who wrote those poems is in front of them. But we can do the same even if we don't write poetry. Just bring, bring literature, just bring. Any expression of the soul, any expression um, of art means something. So there are many Hispanic artists in the United States that through their art, they communicate their experiences in this country. The other day I even uh, played for them the word Migra Migra by Carlos Santana. Migra, migra, déjame en paz. See? (laughs) So we talk about that. Why are they saying this? It's so hard for the students to see everything that, you know, surrounds the fact of coming to a different country and what that means for the people uh, that no wonder why... You know they they think it's all about the chips and the salsa. hmm
0: hmm Yeah, that that is fantastic, and I will put a link to um, your your blog and to um, you had a poem on there that uh, Spanish teachers can have for free. Sorry, Migrante, right? And that you had that they would yes. be able to download for Hispanic Heritage Month, and it is quite popular. Yes, of course. So I think that um, we'll make sure to include that in the show notes as well. Uh, and I love the idea, like, I am not a native Spanish speaker. I just love the the language and the people and everything about it. And so I think about when I was in the classroom in my early years as well, I don't think I even thought about telling the person that worked down the hall in my school building happy Hispanic, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month. And it never even registered to me at all. And And, you know we learn and we do better, right? And so I think about all the missed opportunities that I had for not inviting those people into my classroom. Now it's a lot harder than when I was there before, mm-hmm. but um, but bringing those guest speakers in, bringing those real people to talk about their experiences of being a Hispanic person in the United States, right? Um, I've had down here, so I'm from Minnesota. Um, didn't encounter a lot of Spanish speakers or Hispanic people until I went, you know, abroad to different countries. Um, now I live in Florida where every, my neighbors, my friends, my, the teachers I work with, you know, I have such a rich diversity of people around me. Um, and I feel very, very lucky to have that. Um, but I love how you talk about honoring and, and that difference between honoring and, and celebrating. So right. I think that's that's wonderful.
1: Um, what 60... other ideas
0: do you have? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, uh, you're talking about you know the Hispanic population in Minnesota, which actually has uh, you know increased in the yes. last twenty <laughs> years because of uh, many work opportunities and yes. also because the agricultural uh, workers. Uh, but I was going to say uh, sixty million people in this country are from hispanic heritage and um i tell my students you know for me the school is a safe place because everyone knows señor ojeda and i'm señor and señor ojeda and señor here here there but the moment i get out of the school and if i decide to walk a couple of blocks i can guarantee you that in one of more people's head they might think oh there's an illegal term. See, that's an illegal. Just because the way I look. And the reality is that um, three-quarters of the 60 million Hispanics living in the United States are either residents or citizens. So we're talking about a large number. And uh, these are things that we still need to share with the students, those numbers. See? Yeah. uh because they don't know i mean obviously they don't talk about these things at home but it's important to know that uh, what the way they think uh, and not everyone but the way some people thinks is not their fault it's just the way things have progressed so if the hispanic heritage month had the intention to celebrate uh, what that little paragraph that i read, these specific countries, you know, and Columbus Day, well, that stays in people's head. But we're in 2022. It's time to to see another this from another point of view, from another angle. And that's probably one of the reasons why I end up in the United States. Maybe sharing this angle can, you know, help everyone. And I'm saying helping everyone because the more we understand each other, the more we communicate with each other, um, the, the the better we live. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I love that. Um, are there any other ideas that you have that you want to share to help the, the teachers that are in their classroom thinking about? We, we don't have a lot left, but I think... I agree, we don't need to limit our honoring of the uh, Hispanic culture to our month, right? We're lucky because, and, and that brings me to another point, I was thinking about other content areas, they do Spanish artists and politicians and scientists, like, so we have a special place in in the Spanish classroom where we have that opportunity to go deeper, right? And right. and to really bring in that, that human aspect to it even more, I think. So I think that's really, um, you know, we have a huge opportunity uh, that right. We can, so that we I, can I believe do. that
1: the most important thing is to bring things in a natural way to the class, not as a project or not because it's Hispanic Heritage Month, but just keep going and then bring things in a natural way. I always say anything that is related to Hispanics in the United States is valuable. Let's talk about the story and the, you know, the, 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 the communities in Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, California. Let's talk about how those states look different. Let's talk about the people over there. So I do have some some activities here, like for example, ask your students to research about Hispanics who work by collecting and planting crops of food, products we consume every day. So they're conscious that the work that this type of Hispanic workers do is valuable, very valuable. Uh, irony. This is, this is just a huge irony. Um, I have a neighbor who works for ICE, the Immigration Customs uh, Enforcement Agency. And um, his house was built by immigrants. Okay. And, and, yeah. We don't know the immigration <laughs> status of those immigrants, but the guy will come and will see his house. You know, he will come every week to see how the construction was and in, in his icy truck. So it's just a huge irony. So yeah. that's one thing. Um, ask your students to research the most common Central American towns and city where immigrants who cross the Mexican-American border come from. So let's see, let's talk about why they come here. They, they don't come here because life is easier in the States for Hispanics. They don't come here because the American dream, the American dream is way gone, long way, even for Americans. So why are they coming and where are they coming from and how those towns look like and compared to where they come in the United States? Meaning knowing their home is important as well. And probably that helps them to uh, feel some empathy. Ask your students to research about Hispanics working in the construction in the construction industry. Ask them to make a graph of the places where this workforce is concentrated. The salary, how much they earn, what do they do with the money? They can ask me, Señor, what do you do with your money? Well, I maintain my family, my wife also works, we work together. But sometimes I do send some money to family members in Colombia, see? So then they start understanding that we're probably wired in a very different way when it comes to family, right? Yeah. And that I talk to my mom every day, even though I'm an old guy. (laughs) Ask students to research how much money immigrants send to their home, for example. As students to research Hispanics working in various services, and as students to look around their communities, they, their neighborhoods, because then they're gonna find people who, who who lives in the same context, the same environment, but are from different races. So what do they do? You know, it depends on where they live. But my students finally open their eyes and see that there are many Hispanic doctors, that Mm -hmm. there are many Hispanic professors. Just because I work at at an independent school, and uh, obviously the level of living that they have is is high. But if we don't ask those questions, if we don't invite them to open their eyes and see how their community looks, they're going to keep living in the bubble the whole time.
0: That's fantastic. Right. Those are a lot of really great ideas. I love it. Anything else that, that you want to talk yeah, about? I was
1: thinking about something else, Michelle. Good. I was thinking about, you know, uh, accents. Mm. So I, I have been told that I have an accent. I don't know. <laughs> but I've, I've to been you, told right? that I have an accent, <laughs> right? Number one. Everyone in the world has an accent. Everyone. Um, I said, I mentioned my wife is from Wisconsin. When she came here, what she heard was totally different. See? Yeah. And even to this point, 10 years after, people here tells her, here in Kentucky, tells her that she has an accent, but she's American, right? Yeah. But she's from Wisconsin. Okay?
0: Yeah, I'm from Minnesota, so I totally, I would understand her. <laughs> we have the same accent. You so, betcha.
1: Accent. <laughs> There's a, a say that says, uh, to have an accent is not a sign of what? Do you remember that? It's not a sign of weakness. Mm. It's a sign of courage because that means yeah. that the other person is trying to communicate you in a second language.
0: 100%.
1: But what I think is that, that that saying puts everything on the person with the accent. And I do believe that that Those of us who recognize accents, but who, who, who stay there, who is, who are always listening to the accent of that person is us, those ones who really need to be more empathetic. So let, let me put an example. My students, first time I teach them one day, first class. So I speak, I speak some English. They notice my accent immediately. But after the second, third day, that accent disappears. Why? Because we created community and we created empathy. But if we focus on the accent and we keep hearing the accent, no matter where from, Wisconsin, Colombia, Mexico, Mm -hmm. whatever, India, Korea, that's our problem. We're not being empathetic. So it's not that the person with the accent... It's courageous. No, it's you who needs to pay attention on how you perceive people.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That's fantastic. I love it. That was my last and, I, and before, I love it. You know, it's funny that you say that too, because language is so uh, interesting. And, and we were talking about, I listened to, I'm going to put this in the chat. It was the, the, I, I guess it, it just was you were you talking on YouTube. I don't know if it was for any a specific audience or who it was, but it's very, um, very heartfelt, and it's you know, the, and we talk and you talk a little bit about the irony of you know Hispanic Heritage Months, and I was saying that listening to you speak it in Spanish is just again, it's a, a very you know, different experience, and so I am going to put that in the show notes as well. So if you do speak Spanish, you can hear Diego speaking and talking about some of these issues that are important to him in his in his own language as well. Um, but I just want to say thank you, thank you, and I honor you during this Hispanic Heritage Month, and thank I'm you. so happy to have met you and to really just hear about your experiences and uh, to connect with you and be able to. Really think about um, that what we do in our in our in our Spanish classrooms and in our lives, not just Spanish teachers, about how we really can honor um, those people and places and um, things in our lives that that have made such an impact. And so I just exactly. appreciate well, the time I, I you I have. Thank spent you
1: very with much today. for that. When you say that you honor me as a Hispanic, uh, it, it moves me. You know, it feels quite different. We need to think that if we teach our students to honor the Hispanic community, they're going to take that home and they're going to share that with their parents and they might change the way many people think. And that's the first step.
0: Absolutely. Well, it has been an honor to talk with you and I appreciate it so much. And... Um, I look forward to having future conversations with you. I want to meet your wife, who's from Wisconsin. So we'll have to get together sometime. (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate the invitation, Michelle. Thank you so much.